In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Today's Gospel narrative concerns a situation in which we have no life experience. We have no experience by which to gauge and grasp the implications. The closest we may be able to get, for many of us, is the present pandemic. Even then, I think we are light years away from fully grasping the implications. In Leviticus 13, 45 to 46, we hear what was required to happen to those in the Israelite community who contracted leprosy. The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose. And he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. This is the situation of these ten unfortunate people who have contracted leprosy. They have been ostracized from the community to live on the fringe and fend for themselves. There is no support from the Israelite community. They are considered to be unclean, and anyone who touches them will also be considered to be unclean. On top of this, to add to the indignity, they are to cry out as they move around the countryside, unclean, unclean. This is to be so for the rest of their lives, fending for themselves, isolated from their religious community, their village or city community, and their family unit. The ten call out to Christ from afar, most probably from around 50 metres away, outside a village which is situated between Samaria and Galilee. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Here we have the scriptural basis for the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. They are calling in unison upon Christ to have compassion on them in their unfortunate situation so that they might be healed and rejoin the community. When Christ sees the lepers, he instructs them to go and show themselves to the priests. They had to begin to follow Jesus' command and in that moment are healed. Luke does not mention any questioning or doubt on their behalf. Jesus commands. They straightaway proceed to the priests. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back 
praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. The word thanks, which we heard in the reading of the gospel, is the Greek word eucharisto. That is to be grateful, to actually express gratitude, to feel thankful, to give thanks, and also thanksgiving. The New Testament, as a verb, eucharisto, occurs 38 times, and as the noun, eucharistia, occurs 15 times. In Scripture, the word is used in the following situations. As a prayer before a meal. Our Lord gives thanks when preparing to feed the 5,000. He took the seven loaves and the fish, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. Matthew 15, 36. When our Lord shared a meal with his disciples the night before his arrest and crucifixion, he gave thanks. Before he ate the bread and drank the cup, instituting the mystical supper. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. Mark 14, 23. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. Luke twenty-two nineteen. Not only do we need to feel thankful, we also need to express our thankfulness. Sincere thanksgiving usually rests on the emotion of gratefulness. But in nearly every use of Eucharistio in the New Testament, feeling of gratitude bursts out into words. We see this in today's gospel reading, the Samaritan leper praising God with a loud voice. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Psalm 29, 1-2. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks. We must always give thanks to others, but first and foremost, we must give thanks to God. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Romans 16, 3, 4. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1, 4. Thanksgiving only makes sense 
when we express gratefulness to God. As G.K. Chesterton observed, the worst moment for an atheist is when he is really thankful and has no one to thank. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers. Philemon 1.4 We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Colossians 1.3 Giving thanks is a command, not an option. We are told repeatedly that it is an essential element of our conversation with God. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5.20 And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him, to God the Father. Colossians 3.17 Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Philippians 4.6 I'll finish with advice from St. Paul. In everything, give thanks For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men. 1 Timothy 2.1 Let us now continue we're celebrating our great thanksgiving to God, the Holy Eucharist, holding before God all of creation in thanksgiving. Amen. Rejoice, O life-giving God.